get in the cart. Right at us. The best in the business, Roger Cleveland. Can't wait to get back to Chicago in this one. This is Party of Four, a Misswood Golf Club podcast. Not a bad start, gentlemen. I'm Ben Hutchison, alongside Director of Golf, Andy Michelson, and EJ Luna of the marketing team. Hello. Happy to be here. Excited. We got to start somewhere. One. We got to start somewhere. Yeah, start right here. Hey, humble beginnings. Look at this. Yeah. Look at this. <laughs> and this is going to be fun. What we're going to do is talk local, national, golf topical, anything that's happening. We're going to do this every couple of weeks. We might have special episodes along the way. Just a bunch of golf nerds getting together. So, hey, let's start with Arnold Palmer Invitational. Terrell Hatton, right? Um, kind of, it was kind of like a survival of the, survival of the worst almost uh, last week. It really was. It was tough conditions uh, the entire week. Uh, kind of thought Rory McIlroy would, would pull it out. He's got actually not a very good record of um, pulling out tournaments where he's not front running. I, I heard a really interesting stat, stat too is Rory McIlroy's never won a tournament where the tournament winner has been single digits under par. So huh. he usually likes shootouts, which is which I thought was kind of cool. Bryson DeChambeau said all science just just completely failed him. He said the physics weren't right. I said, <laughs> all right, come on, Mr. Scientist. That's that's on you. All right, he, it's not on the course. It's not, it's not on the course conditions. But. He missed a putt low side on Saturday. It's a one he, degree. And he goes, it was a one degree break. I know it was. <laughs> like yelling at the wind. All right, <laughs> and, and he's, he's almost saying, you know, I think that I have everything in my ability to win, but the course failed me. No, sir, that's it's the opposite way. Well, there were only four golfers, I believe, under par. You yeah. don't see that a lot on the PGA Tour. I don't think that's great either to have back-to-back weeks where – I don't think it's a great look for the Tour to have back-to-back weeks where it's that difficult. Going back to the Honda? Right. Well, yeah, I mean, you get, you got the Honda where it was tough conditions, and that's a tough golf course anyway, but then when you put the Arnold Palmer on top of it, a tough golf course. Traditionally, it's been anywhere from ten to fifteen unders one, but then you add the wind conditions and the, you know, the the fact that it was cold there. That makes it that makes it difficult to score. And when you have back to back weeks like that, I don't think it's a great look for the tour. I think that the tour likes to sprinkle in some tough tournaments. I think um, people like to watch and be entertained by the occasional tough tournament here and there, but you've already got those on the schedule. You've already got the U.S. Open. You've already got your majors. It'd be nice to see, you know, guys kind of let it out this week and see a winner that's somewhere in the, you know, 15 under par range. Um, and I think that's what the, the tour wants. I think they want a guy that's averaging right around 68, 69 for those four rounds um, at the players. We had a lot of big names that didn't even make the cut. Phil Mickelson, Adam Scott, Justin Rose. These are guys you kind of expect to play well at Bay Hill, and they didn't. Now they're heading into the players. Yeah, I think Justin Rose is in a weird spot too right now because he's not even – he's sponsored by uh, Hanma, and then he doesn't have a single club in his bag, kind of like a – supposed to be, I think, a little bit of a quiet protest that ended up exploding. It was one of the biggest uh, topics of the week. Looks like he, he went back to his warm blanket, which was tailor-made. Um, so, uh, you know, he's always played well in the past with them. I would assume that he would just, just kind of go back to that. A couple interesting storylines that I would I would say going into the players that I think they're almost picked too high because I don't trust that they're physically ready yet. And one is Brooks Kepka, and the other is Dustin Johnson. Dustin Johnson. Well, both both players are coming off uh, surgery. Knee surgery. Yeah. And then more importantly, 
left knee surgery. Yeah. And, you know, if you look at Kepka last week, you know, he had a bunker shot that was just kind of barely into the bunker, didn't feel comfortable, hit the shot, and then started doing like a little shaky leg with the with the left leg. Oh. You can tell his knee was, was not, not 100%, 100% yet, yeah. you know. So it, it's it's kind of interesting. The guys that are were number one in the world, when you look at, like, the picks, especially for this week for the players, I think it kind of narrows the field. You know, they're, they're still wanting to show, you know, everyone's got a chance, but I, I think the field's kind of narrowed amongst those top ten players in the world. So going back to Kepka and DJ, coming off knee surgery, do you think confidence is a big part of it? DJ hasn't been popping his head in the weekend, so I haven't seen him play much, but they're obviously following Brooks Kepka a lot last week uh, very closely, and if you look at all his misses, all his misses are dead right. Yeah. So, so to me, uh, what that tells me is that he doesn't have trust in that knee yet to be able to clear that left hip and really put a nice load on that left knee and left hip to be able to, you know, open up, square up, and 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 hit the ball straight. Normally, Kepka's starting the ball just left of his target and fading it back into his target. Right. And right now, he's just hitting it basically dead right. He's just hitting straight blocks and. You know, he's pretty candid about his round after Sunday. He said he's still not in a good place, uh, to put it PG. Um, yeah, he's, but yeah, he's he'll just get not, fined for that, yeah, for he's sure. Not in a, he's just not in a good good place right now mentally. But I think, uh, I don't know. I, ex- I expect them to th- – here's the tough part, right, is we're coming into we're coming in the toughest part of the, the season right here. You've got the whole season in the next three months, basically. Uh, actually, just, yeah, just, just under four months, your whole entire season, all the majors, everything – all said and done is, you know, it's, it's next four months are critical. So these guys are kind of, you know, dealing with some ailments. I, I'm not sure. I think it kind of opens the door for the Justin Thomases. The, you know, I'd love to see Spieth come back into the mix, man. I, he Been was quiet. So Very. much, so much fun to watch, though. I mean, I talk. I mean, no one moves a needle like Tiger, but man, Jordan Spieth is so much fun to watch. He was close. He was close. And I mean, is he? Is he in his head already? Is he is he too technical in terms of his swing and especially his short game, his putter? Yeah, probably. I mean, he's yeah, he's probably. Um, I, I mean, I'm sure he's completely locked in on what he's what he's trying to do and trying to accomplish. I think uh, you know, golf is definitely you're your own worst enemy uh, in in that respect. But yeah, I'd love to see I'd love to see him get back in the winner's circle. I, I I think that he deserves to be part of that mix and should be part of that mix. And we have Rory McIlroy, the defending champ at the Players. I think he finished fifth at the Arnold Palmer. He's certainly a name that's going to be at the top of the list as far as favorites go. Who else do you guys have possibly winning this tournament? All right, so the easy pick here is John Rahm. But if you look at it last year, you know, he, he had a, what, a one-shot lead. Um, is he there on Saturday or Sunday? He's got a one-shot lead. He's sitting there on, on uh, par five on the back. 16. Yeah, he's got a shot. Uh, no, I think it was earlier than that. Really? Maybe twelfth or eleventh or twelfth hole. He's got a shot from two twenty one from a bunker that he's got a hook forty yards. He argues with his caddy for like two minutes, and then proceeds to hit the ball in the water, and then kind of blames his caddy for not piping up a little bit more. Yeah, I I just don't know. Maybe he's a different player than he was twelve months ago, but I, I don't know. I just I don't I don't like him yet. He hasn't. He's the number two player in the world, and I'm saying he hasn't proved enough yet. It's kind of crazy to say. Uh, again, I think Spieth is kind of that dark horse. He's the guy that I'm, I'm rooting for, uh, for sure. 
Um, but I think Rory wins it. Rory's had multiple, multiple top fives. Real big bummer, Tiger not being in the field. As <clears throat> as Tiger fans, I'm definitely worried. Oh, yeah, definitely. Think, I don't think it's a good thing uh, at all for golf and doesn't doesn't bode well for the Masters. I mean, the Masters is month away right now. But Tiger also did the same thing. He took the entire month off leading up to the Masters, and he did the unthinkable and won. I guess he was healthy then. Did but he, now, now it's just in terms of can he get his back right? Can he get back into tournament mode? Can he be, you know get back into swinging 100% there? Yeah, I mean, and, and tournament golf and regular golf is is different. I'm sure Tiger's hitting balls six to eight hours a day right now. I'm sure he's playing golf plenty. But the anxiety of just just starting a tournament up. I mean, oh, yeah. even if he, he pops his head into I think he's planning on playing the match play. If he plays the match play and he gets bumped first round, what good does that what good nothing. does that do him? It does nothing. him nothing. Going into my picks, I've got four picks and I, I did a little Deep dive in I'll terms just of pick statistics. The field. Oh, come on. <laughs> come on. <laughs> just narrow it down a little just bit. The field. The field. We found out that TPC Sawgrass has no favorites. It doesn't favor anyone in terms of, you know, who plays well there. The course seems to favor those that play well going into the tournament. So I looked at previous winners, previous top tens and top fives. Course history at least. Seven out of the past ten winners had at least three top ten finishes. Uh, going back to Rory with five, Webb four. J-Day had two wins and five top tens. Tiger had three wins and top uh, four top tens as well. Uh, who is hot right now? So Colin Morikawa hasn't lost or hasn't missed a cut as a professional. So he's very, very consistent. Really? Uh, oh, yeah. Holy cow. Yeah, he's a PGA Tour rookie. <laughs> I think it's nine tournaments it hasn't missed a cut. Uh, Sung J-M, arguably the hottest golfer on the tour right now. Yeah. Coming off a, a win at Honda. Win top um, five? Top Yeah, top three. Um at the API, yeah, he the guy's the machine. I'm gonna say he's gonna be the best Asian golfer. <laughs> Get out of here! What? I think so. I think he's gonna be the best Asian golfer. Tiger, oh, okay, come on. But best Asian golfer, he's gonna he's gonna you know, take down uh, Ryo Ishikawa back in the day. Hideki Matsuyama now, dude. I think Hideki Matsuyama. I think so. I think so. Hot take. Oh, hot we take. like bold takes. Yeah, that's flaming. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. flaming hot. My contenders, John Rahm. You're not. You're not hot on him. No. A couple of people are, but four top tens in the past five events. Top twenty in strokes uh, gained off the tee. This course is playing close to 7,200 yards. So there's bunkers and water everywhere. You got to be in position off the tee. He's got distance. He's got accuracy as well. But Royal McIlroy is the winner. Um, results speak for itself. Since the Zozo, he's been T3, W, T3, T5, fifth place, T3. The hottest player in the world right now, especially I would say top three hottest players in the world, Webb Simpson. Yeah, and I mean, it's a ball striker's course too. It doesn't have the distance off the tee, but I think from within 150 to 200 yards, he is lethal, absolutely lethal. Hold on. Webb Simpson won the 2018 Players. Yeah, he yeah, won. I was like, yeah, he's the uh, recent like winner. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I, I definitely think he's won. You and he's Rory. Yep. Uh, I'm throwing Rory out. I remember him holding the trophy, and it was recent. Mm-hmm. Yep. But yeah, Webb Simpson, 2018. Done. I was going to go with both of you. I was going to say Rory's going to win, but now Andy's out on that. You're going Webb Simpson. Webb Simpson. If you had to narrow it to one, EJ, who's it going to be? <laughs> I'm sticking with uh, with Rory. I mean, 
the course doesn't favor bombers or ball strikers. It certainly does a little bit towards ball strikers, but, you know, I think Rory gets it done this year. I do have week. one bit of trivia. In the last 15 years, who has won the players by the largest margin of victory? What's, could, could you say what that margin is? Six strokes. I'll even tell you, it was 2006. Ooh, Fred Funk? Stephen Ames. Oh, my Come on. <laughs> Over Retina Goosen. The guy that got beat, what was it, 9 and 8 from Tiger Woods that year? Yep. No, Jeez. 10 and 8. 10 and 8. 10, 10 and 8. Even yeah. worse. His stats were all over the place, but he did win by six strokes, and that was the largest margin of victory in the last 15 years. <laughs> Stephen Ames, Grant Waite, probably the two best golf swings of all time, and I'll bet combined tour wins is less than five. Depends what tour you're on. <laughs> Actually, that's can, I, okay. can I change my pick for the players? <laughs> Please? Sure. Do you still have not. your receipt? Sure. You can water, back. Water's warm. Uh, I'm going to say Patrick Reed if he cheats everywhere. Oh. <laughs> the guy's going to improve his lie in the bump. Uh, he's going to fluff up the lie uh, in, the, in the rough. That guy, he's uh, going to win if he cheats. Okay. So Patrick Reed, I, I, yeah. <laughs> he wasn't going to be part of the show today. <laughs> okay. Well, he's, I'm he's making him a part he's of the in show. Now. He's in now. <laughs> so, I mean, Patrick Reed. I don't know. I see it as as a separate thing. Yeah, on the golf course, his, his, his course transgressions, he should be held accountable for. For the, the the cheating in the bunkers, that whole thing, yes. On course things, yes, it's fair to judge him by. This off course stuff, you know, no one's got a perfect personal life. No, no. You know, we never looked into Michael Jordan's personal life. We never did. Any, we looked at the athletes for what they were doing on their – on their course or Tiger, on their yeah, on their example. court. Tigers Tigers are a great example. Yeah. So Patrick Reed finally kind of crossed that line with with cheating on the golf course. I still like Patrick Reed as a golfer. He's like he's got that that edge of I want to rip your heart out and show it to you as it's still pumping. Like he is just an absolute ruthless killer on the golf course and there's something to that that does make him Captain America. Does like really like stoke the flame. Like you almost you want to root for him, but you want to hate him at the same time. Oh, yeah, he is one of the most interesting guys on tour right now. And I'm not asking him to raise my kids, so I'm not <laughs> I'm not saying he's a good person. I'm not saying any of that. I just think he's an interesting watch. And I think it's okay to separate what someone does on the court off the court. On the course, off the course, you know, whatever. I think it's okay to separate those things in life. You're not trying to hang out with him. Definitely. You're not right. trying to have dinner with him. I get yeah, it. Don't raise but my it, kids. Right it helps. Like... It does help when you're a solidified good person, though. Oh, yeah. I just – Oh. Exa- example <laughs> is I, I think he is the Houston Astros of golfers. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, obviously getting caught in the bunker, uh, many player accusations of him fluffing up lies. I mean, yeah. come on. Great golfer. He'll, yeah, great golfer, no matter what. But those those little things, they, no, they I, definitely take away from my, my perception. Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, the things like, you know, when they talk about the, the Hall of Fame, both in both in baseball and golf, there's a, a player element to it. There's a, a writer's element to it when they vote in guys for the Hall of Fame. He's going to have to blow away a lot of these numbers in order to, to be considered. Now, the guys played on... How many Presidents Cups, Cup teams? How many Ryder Cup teams in his short career? Um, so he's going to definitely be in that consideration. Uh, I would say in the next ten years, but 
He's got to just continue winning, continue piling on if he wants to be considered in some of those uh, conversations. I don't. I think there's there's things that he's done on the course, like you know the clearing out of the sand um, and such at, at Tiger's event that I don't think will ever go away. I think that'll always kind of loom right we'll over his head a little him. bit. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, I do want to move forward, and we had a chance to go to the PGA show back in January in Orlando. Demo day, a lot of fun guests, a lot of people were just rubbing elbows with, talking to. Really enjoyable. One of them, Roger Cleveland, and he talked about the new MD5 wedge. So let's listen to that, and then we'll get your reaction, Andy. Well, how do we name it? Well, we had Jaws before. Yeah. But we, we did something with spin, so you had to bring the name. You know, Chip said, spin, Jaws. Yeah. No teeth. Yeah. So it's all about the edges. And in the MD4, we had the micro yeah, grooves. Yeah, the, mi- okay, the micro the grooves. little edges. It takes about nine minutes to machine one wedge. Flat, we put the micros in, and then we put this new groove in, which has a 37-degree sidewall, which creates an edge radius that's right, 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 right to the brim, to right? The, to <laughs> the limit. Now, Andy, I was standing there watching your reaction, talking with him. What goes through your mind when you're speaking to someone like that with the experience and knowledge that they have? The Roger Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, Roger's kind of the king of the industry. He was the inventor of the modern-day wedge. When you think about it, you know, the the original Cleveland 588 wedge is still the most copied, revered, whatever model you want to call it, um, wedge out there. It's still being sold in stores. I mean, this is a, a wedge that was made over 30 years ago, right? And... Roger's absolutely the the foremost authority on it, um, and anything that that he says, I trust. And some of the stuff that I even question, there's stuff that I've questioned in the past that, that he said, like Phil Mickelson actually sometimes contacts the ground before he hits the golf ball when he's hitting a chip in order to control spin. And it literally took about two years for that to register. Like I was, I was trying it, and I'm I'm trying to think how does that work and Everything else, and it's just just amazing. Some of the stories. I mean, this, the story he told about the um, the way the the PM grind wedge um, was was made with Phil was, um, and talk about that's a cool part, right? Is, is Rogers works directly with with some of the best and has worked with some of the best in the world for a number of years, and what you see as a final product as a consumer is stuff that was started on tour, so. The, one of the coolest stories with him um, he told me a couple of years ago was uh, Phil's at the PGA Championship and they're he's trying to create this this PM grind wedge right so he goes to uh, a local uh, metal shop in Sheboygan because it was up at Whistling Street, Wisconsin. Yep, yeah. cuts a sand wedge in half, cuts a seven iron in half. He takes the the bottom of the sand wedge and the top of the seven iron. And the guy solders it together, sends it to Roger Cleveland, like, on a Monday or something like that. And I guess by the time the tournament started on Thursday, Phil had a prototype in his hand. Um, and they, they actually have that casting uh, at Callaway headquarters. It's so cool. But just just crazy stuff. I mean, he's, he's working with the most creative mind ever in golf, period. Um, and the cool thing with, with Phil, too, is, like, Phil says his biggest legacy, or what he hopes to be his biggest legacy in golf, isn't his tournament wins, isn't, you know, just being a great guy and being a, a great ambassador for the game. He wants his biggest legacy in golf to be that 
good left-handed equipment happens and and stays for the long term, which I, I think is pretty interesting. Bill's thinking of you, Ben. As a lefty, <laughs> I appreciate that He's very really much. Thank you, you, Phil. <laughs> I do want to stay on topic with the PGA show. Again, Roger Cleveland, just really nice guy, too. Yeah. Like, down-to-earth everything. So we've talked a lot about Callaway and the triple track. Now they have the putter out. We don't have any sound about that, but you've used it, and you were blown away by that as well. Yeah, home home run. Uh, just some of the the most simple ideas and simple thoughts um, are what make some of the best products. I mean, I mean, they said their R and D was basically grab a blue sharpie, grab a red sharpie, and we're gonna draw lines on the back of our 2019 two ball and see how they line up with the current triple track golf ball, and then hit some putts, and it was like, oh, my God. I mean, it's just – it's so easy to aim and, and so simple. And Well, let's go to Tony Toulon because we oh, do have okay. Tony Toulon, Toulon Design. Uh, of course, those gentlemen do great work. So here's Tony talking about the golf ball and how it inspired the putter. We've had uh, incredible success with our triple track golf ball. Um, and one thing that, that golfers really struggle with of, of all levels is, is alignment. Um, so, so what we've used in the triple track golf ball is uh, something called vernier hyperacuity, and this is actually it's a science scientific method of how the eye sees straight lines. So, this uh, so we've done a lot of research here, and um, it was so successful that we thought, hey, we gotta uh, bring this into our putter line. Yeah, I mean, so the biggest hurdle, and, and we've. You know, we had Sean Toulon out here last year as well for our member guest. It's like the biggest hurdle that golfers are continually going to fight for the rest of time is alignment. Mm-hmm. You know, when you talk about alignment, the putter face, if it's open one degree from 12 feet, you'll miss the putt uh, for a putter that's perfectly aligned. Um, so one degree for 12 feet, I mean, that, that's that's kind of mind-blowing on how how accurate and how efficient you have to be in putting. So if, if something or even a ball and a putter combination um, really in, in, in any shape, matter, or form helps you align better, you're going to be a better putter. And and those that don't don't use a line or refuse to use a line um, this day and age are definitely at a disadvantage. It's not it's – honestly, it's not like it was five years ago where, oh, you know, I'm not going to line it up. I'm just going to use the blank side of the ball. It's like – you actually have things where science is telling you that you're going to be better, no doubt, bar none. Why would you not use that? And, and you know, you see other other companies, you know, kind of copying or trying to do it. And I, I think that you're going to have every single ball company and every single company that makes golf balls and golf clubs find ways to get it done. We're already seeing it on the TaylorMade side. We're already seeing it on the Titleist side. Callaway's a little bit ahead right now uh, in that, but you're going to see it all the way across the board. So it's exciting that golf companies, even though, you know, golf companies have been around for 100 years, it's exciting that they try to find ways to innovate. And it's not just marketing. Everyone's like, oh, you know, that, that new club or new driver, that's that's just marketing. It's It's not. They're actually, like, noticeably utilizing science, utilizing what they have, the tools they have. I mean – Companies are using supercomputers and, and things like this and, and um, just compiling, compiling data because they're just trying to squeeze that extra yard. They're just trying to get you a little bit more accurate. They're trying to make that 
that shaft a little bit better. They're trying to make that golf ball a little bit better, trying to max out everything. And, and somehow year after year, they, they find a way to get it done. Putting essentially comes down to two, two things, right? Pace and line. Mm-hmm. If it takes line, if it, it helps with line, all you got to worry about is getting the ball to the hole, right? Absolutely. So, I, yeah, I'm a, I've actually just recently played on my birthday using that triple track, and it's, it's helped me Im- immensely. Did you make every putt? Uh, almost. I, sh- I shot 71, <laughs> so it was great. The, the, big thing, the big thing, too, for me, I, initially when I, I started using uh, that golf ball last year was I would use it on longer putts because I wanted to, like, start longer putts online and randomly see more longer putts go in. And so once that putter came out, then I, you know, married the two. But, um, yeah, again, I think if you're just from a general golf standpoint, whether it's, you know, with, with that club ball combination or any other club ball combination, you're not lining up your putts and utilizing what the tools on the golf ball. If you notice, actually, every single golf ball that's out right now, and I don't think it's too bold of a claim, but any, any new golf ball that's out there actually gives you, on their side stamp, gives you a perfectly aligned side stamp. Yeah. So whether it's arrows, whether it's the the name brand uh, of the golf ball, every single ball gives you some type of alignment tool. So I think right now, again, Callie's probably a little bit ahead on that, but every single company is doing some type of something in order to help you align, and they're all doing that for a reason. It's because better alignment makes more putts. I think this is a fun first episode, gentlemen. Yeah, no I, doubt. This is this we do this far. again. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we'll do this again. Thanks for joining us, everyone. We'll see you next time. Get in the cart. Right at us. The best in the business, Roger Cleveland. Can't wait to get back to Chicago in this one. This is Party of Four, a Misswood Golf Club podcast.